0: Australia has a great track record of managing COVID. We have one of the lowest fatality rates and one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. And recently we have the booster rollout and now vaccines available for children aged 5 to 11. Today we talk to medical professionals at NRCH about vaccines for children, what they have seen parents be concerned about, and we talk about how boosters work, and how they as medical staff manage what we now call the infodemic, which is the rapid and far-reaching spread of both accurate and inaccurate information about vaccines. My name's Mia, thanks for
1: joining us. Let's do it. I'm Sally. I'm the Practice Manager for Medical Services at North Richmond Community Health.
2: Nice. Hi, my name's Pfizer. I'm an enrolled
3: nurse at the Hara COVID team. Hi, my name's Charlotte. I'm a registered nurse. I'm their vaccination coordinator.
0: Um, a lot of parents have vac- had themselves vaccinated, no problem, but when it comes to their children, they might think, hang on, this is my kid you're talking about? No, I don't want to vaccinate them. What What is it that you think... Uh, is concerning them the most
1: as a parent myself and talking to other parents, I think the biggest concern that parents seem to have is what will will there be any long-term side effects mm. of this vaccine for my child? Um, it's a new vaccine, um although it's been, through all the normal processes for testing and trialling. It's happened in a much shorter space of time than you would ordinarily see for a vaccine. Mm. Um, And I think parents are concerned about what the long-term side effects will be of that. Mm. Very keen to get their kids vaccinated. They know the benefits of it, but not having a crystal ball and being able to see into the future, I think that's a concern for parents.
3: Mm. There seems to be a lot of wait and see Um, They want to see what their friend's children reactions are, see how they deal with it. And also a lot of, uh, you know, some of them have had COVID and they're like, oh, well, do they really need it now? Does it cover for all the variants? Maybe we'll just wait and see what happens.
0: Mm. That was the other thing. Do they, if they have had COVID... Before do they still need to get a vaccination? Yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely.
3: Mm. Because it won't stop them from getting it again and there's as I said many strains.
1: You know, we have vaccinations for flu every year because the strain of flu changes every year and we have our vaccinations to protect ourselves and protect our community and this is the same type of thinking and mentality that we need to have around the COVID vaccine at this point in time.
2: Like uh, especially with the community enrichment the the South African co- you know they're same as last time when the vaccine started you know they're very hesitant so, you know what's in the vaccine you know what's going to happen to my child um yeah they're still asking a lot of questions because you know like they don't want anything to happen to their child mm. um like what's going to happen to them in the future you know how the the myocarditis that's happening um it's very rare but you know what if that happens to my child you know what's gonna yeah they're very still they're hesitant
0: so how do you bring them around? What do you tell them?
2: Um, just educating them. That we, our plan is, um, we've got Imogen that started us doing, uh, making sure that we uh, make the parents understand what the vaccine does and what, especially, you know, if they speak a different language, you know. Um, so we trans, do, print the, trans, um, the vaccine information in translation in different languages, yeah. uh, making sure they have a good understanding but it's also some people like statistics. So mm. we were talking to some of the nurses at the city of
3: Yarra um, and they were giving us statistics for children getting this myocarditis, pericarditis, mm. and it's about three in a million. Oh, wow. It's, it's, it's a very, yeah, small, very small very risk. Very small number. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, five to 11 is very minimal risk.
0: Yeah. So what are the complications that children might experience if they're infected with COVID-19?
3: Could get um, significant fevers, Chills, all these flu like symptoms that you can also get from the vaccine. Um, And then there's this loss of sense of taste, of smell. And commonly with younger people getting COVID, they may bounce back quicker, but they will have this scarring on their lungs that will last their lifetime and they can get more sick when they're older. So you don't always see the significant impact on that initial infection.
1: Um, and I think it is very dependent on the child and their their health status and their 100%. health conditions. Mm. It can really vary from child to child. Um, and, you know, we have reports this time with the new variant that a lot of child, children are getting tummy upsets mm. and things like that and vomiting, which we'd not heard of previously with mm. the other strains. So it does vary as mm. the strains develop as well. So there's, an, there's unknowns out there.
2: Yeah, especially the kids being at school, you know, they you know, it's touching everything. You know, playing together. They sp- obviously, if they're vaccinated, they li- they're less likely to spread. Mm.
0: Lots of kids now are showing up, aged five to eleven, to get the jab. I imagine it being more of an emotional experience because they're scared of the needle, or mm. um, you know, the younger they've got bigger emotions in general. Mm. So, how do you help navigate them through that tricky um, that tricky time? there any kind of techniques?
1: We're so lucky that (laughs) we've had the experience um, of the City of Yarra's nurse immunisers who work with their childhood immunisation program. We've also got some very experienced nurses at North Richmond that do childhood immunisations that we've been able to learn a lot from them Mm. about um, what works to support this age group getting their vaccinations. Um, The team have done a great job with um, some distraction techniques that they've learned, um, the way we structure the clinics. So even before the child gets to their vaccination, there's advice we've sent to parents around, you know, make sure that your child's wearing loose clothing so you don't have that additional struggle of rolling up a sleeve which can prolong any anxiety. Um, bring something with them to ha- that they feel familiar with so that they can distract themselves or you can distract them During the immunisation, I certainly know my children were vaccinated by one of our GPs here and she was amazing in speaking to my children, not to me, but Mm. to them about what they were going to experience and that was really powerful. It helped them feel in control of the situation. I know Charlotte will be able to talk about some of the other things that the nurses have been doing as well.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we've had um, like the city of Yoranes has given us a lot of advice on distraction techniques. So we've got numerous stickers that the kids are sticking all over themselves while they're having their vaccination and they're not noticing as much. We've got bubbles for afterwards. We've decorated the room. We've got little selfie frames, like child friendly. We've got a little superhero that you can pose and stick your head through the hole, which they've really enjoyed taking their photos in that. And just um, having the parents um, support them through it. We've yeah. actually, from some of the stories I've heard from our vaccinators, some of the children are super grown up about it yeah. and are like, mm-hmm. you know, their parents have obviously had amazing conversations with them before them coming to this appointment and they're saying, okay, I know I need to get this to protect myself and my family.
1: I agree. I think those conversations that parents have been really good at having and are really powerful around why you're having the vaccination and it's not just to protect yourself but it's to protect your family, your community, your grandparents, you um, yeah, as Charlotte said, some of the kids have come in with some really mature attitudes to why they are happy to get the vaccine and feel very empowered by it as well. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I think another big pull is being able to get back to school and see their yeah. friends is another thing they've expressed. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and not having to be going to school at home. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Not in that situation. yeah not
2: more it's homeschooling and yeah you know, being able to do the things we used to do before. Hang out with grandparents. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. yeah. So what side effects should parents watch out for when they get their children vaccinated?
3: I guess the big one with any immunisation is fever. Yeah. Um, any cold and flu-like symptoms, so the chills, headaches, muscle aches and pains, um, and just children generally being a bit more irritable, the normal, not their normal self. Parents are usually really good at identifying when their child is acting differently. Mm. Um, and then I guess any redness, swelling to their arm, but that should go within a couple of days and that's pretty
0: normal. Is that through the, the government website or uh, through, sure. do you call up?
1: So you, we are obviously vaccinating children age 5 to 11 at North Richmond and you can book in through our reception team by just ringing North Richmond okay. Community Health Centre um, on 94189800 or you can book in through our online booking platform, at hot Docs, which you can access through our website do we have any help for parents
0: who may have neurodiverse kids who are coming in for vaccination sally you were discussing this before
1: uh. yeah in terms of providing the length the appropriate length of time mm. for the appointments and like a, more of a
3: private area um, for yeah. them to be in so it's not uh not quite as chaotic yeah and too many uh, people
1: in. yeah yeah It's definitely a consideration and something that we've talked a lot about. And we're really happy to work with families individually to provide an environment that best meets the needs of their child. And it could be a child with um, ADHD or a child that's on the autism spectrum. Um, But there could be kids that have got other needs as well. And Mm. we just encourage parents to have a conversation with us hopefully before they come, mm. um, if they can or with our team, if they're engaging with them on outreach um, about what their children might need and we can look at putting plans in place to support them. As Charlotte said, whether it's a, um, a separate quiet space, whether it's doing it at a particular time of day, mm. um, you know, making sure we've got enough time for appointments and kids don't feel rushed. There's, yeah, there's lots of different tools you can put in place to support children with additional needs. I think the other exciting thing that they're talking about doing is rolling the vaccine program out into the zoo and the aquarium and places like that, Mm. particularly to um, support those families that are anxious and Mm. hesitant or those kids that are, I'm just doing another setting that's really safe and engaging for them as well um, and target some of those hard-to-reach communities. So I think they're definitely thinking outside the box (laughs) on how they can best reach families. It's officially the first
0: day of vaccination for children aged 5 to 11 here at NRCH and I'm in the foyer and chatting with some kids about their experience getting vaccinated today. Hello, what's your name? Esther. Your name's Esther? How old are you? Seven. Seven years old. And what's special about today? What did you do? I just got my vaccination. And how was that like? Um it was it hurted a bit but then at the end it um it didn't hurt didn't hurt it was over quickly. Yeah. yeah. Are you happy you got your vaccination? Yes. Yeah, why is that? Because then I would have gotten covid. What's your name? Francie. Hi, Francie. I thought it would hurt a little bit, but it didn't. Um, what advice would you have for other kids who are about to get your, their vaccination? What would you tell them if they're a bit worried? Um, it doesn't hurt. Very good advice. Thank you for talking with me today. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura, can I ask you why you chose to get your kids vaccinated?
1: I think it's vital... Um, uh, it's vital that we get our children vaccinated as a part of a broader community to move you know, past this pandemic and on, onwards and upwards with life and attending school every day and work and uh, doing the things that we love to do and feeling safe about it. How did you help their fears before they had their vaccination? I think we talked about uh, them doing their part to keep everyone safe and them understanding that although they may still get COVID after being vaccinated, it will make them far less unwell. And so that's a really important thing for them to do to protect themselves, protect our family and protect community.
0: I met another mum and her name is Yeth. She speaks Kamei and she has a message for her community as well regarding vaccines for children.
2: No, I didn't come here. ແລະຍັງកូន <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I just wanted to segue into boosters now. Do you reckon kids would need a booster shot, this age group would need a booster shot at some point?
3: I think at some Mm. point it will come to that. Look, we've just had 16 to 17-year-olds approved for boosters and, you know, I think they've got 12-plus in America currently approved for boosters, so we will get there. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll probably just be a while because they'll be doing more research into it and more testing.
0: Do you think we will continue to need ongoing boosters for COVID-19? And why is that? It's
3: something ATAGI has discussed previously. Um, Initially, they'd said it would be like the flu shot and you'd get vaccinated yearly. Because again, as Sally said, with the different strains all the time, we've just had another strain recently. It's just keeping on top of that. Um, But the latest they'd said is if we do get extra boosters, it's more likely going to be for those who are severely immunocompromised first.
0: How effective are the boosters?
1: I guess time will tell. Time will
0: tell. Time yeah. will
1: tell how effective they are and whether yeah. they're required again. I think the development in the different strains is going to be really key to understanding that. Mm. Um I mean what we can say at the moment is that we've got an active booster program. Our case numbers are high, but our hospitalizations and cases of severe illness are reducing.
2: Yeah, lower risk of hospitalisation, and people are not getting as sick as um, before. For example, with myself, I had COVID um, not long ago. Just I had a fever for one day, and that was pretty much it. But um, before, like, uh, like last year, when pe- mm. so some uh, the things we've seen with people that were not vaccinated is, you know, they're having difficulty breathing. We had to do, a call an ambulance for them, you know, check on them all the time. Um, but now we've, we're seeing a lot of like people in the community. A lot of people are vaccinated; they're not getting as sick.
0: So, should someone get a booster even if they've already had COVID? Yes,
2: 100 yes, mm-hmm. yeah. percent. Yeah. So three months from your last one. Um, is when people can book, but not less than that. We've had people coming up, coming to book two months uh, when they had two months, um, last dose was two months. It has to be three months.
0: From their last vaccination? From your second From the dose. second vaccination, yeah. yes. yes. Um, but if they've had COVID after that time?
3: So provided they no longer have COVID, yeah. they don't have a fever and they have no acute symptoms, yeah. they can book in. Okay.
2: Yeah. Um, as long as they're not
3: symptomatic. Like,
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they could just have it, say, seven days after they've tested positive if they're feeling fine. Technically, yeah, because yeah. that's when you can leave your isolation period and go back yeah. to work. Okay, that's good.
3: If yeah. you've got
1: any questions, I'd always recommend speaking to your GP when you're making that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it might depend if you've got any underlying health conditions, but certainly mm. the advice is as long as you're well and yeah. it's, you're out of your isolation period, there's mm, no reason yeah. why you can't have your booster.
0: For those people who can't get on site for vaccination, is there any community measures to assist them in getting vaccinated?
3: So there's a lot of GPs currently doing home visits for the elderly population who are housebound. So that's been ongoing for a while now.
1: There's a vaccine to the door program mm. for mm. those that can't. Yeah. Can't come. Can't come. And certainly our GPs have been um, supported by our amazing nursing team to take vaccines out on their home visits as well. We're really happy to support the community in that way and whatever way we can. So they just call up in that case to get that service for them? It's in it's in consultation with their, with GP. their GP. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah.
2: yeah, we're always here for the community, you know. Um, for example, if they come into the appointments, they need some translation with any languages. Um, we've always got translated the number that we oh, we've got a lot of um, especially Harad teams there's a lot of people chinese vietnamese i speak somali a little bit of arabic um yeah so we always we're always here for them
3: yeah and we always have interpreters
2: on site yeah. for the vaccination clinics as well to help
1: yeah, yeah. Mm. it's a very much a partner partnership approach at north richmond in how we deliver the vaccines between mm. our clinical team and our community engagement team um it's so important that we've got that community connection and that we mm. understand what the community needs and we work really closely together to take that feedback and make sure that we're developing our services mm. to best reflect what our community is telling us in terms of what they need
2: mm. yeah like as being a parent you know I like I bring my kids here you know um I always you know I'll trust i I'll, I'll I'll trust my kids to bring here to get vaccinated because I know the environment. Um, you know, yeah.
0: Um, just a, a general question about your experiences um, in your roles. What's what have been the challenges for this vaccination program?
3: I think probably the biggest challenges were when the first mandate came in, and it wasn't immediately. It was sort of getting near that point of that mandate ending, like the end date, and then people kind of panicked and went, "Oh, we should probably book in," and it was hectic, mm. hectic mm. those last few those last few weeks, and I anticipate the same will happen with the booster mandate because we've not really had uh, that big a boost of bookings I was expecting. Mm. Um, It seems to have calmed down a fair bit. So, uh, yeah, I reckon we've got what the first end date is, the end of Feb, Mm -hmm. and then it will be March. So I anticipate it will get really busy just before.
0: What, yeah. what what's the reason do you suspect that it's been quiet more than you uh,
3: expected? I reckon there's probably still a bit of hesitancy you know as health professionals we've had this mandate forced on us and you know if you've not had your vaccine before that mandate came in place you kind of I would imagine feel like your choice has been taken away mm. and then you become a bit more hesitant and really think about it a bit more whereas you know if you'd had it by choice it'd be like oh, okay yeah I'm, I'm gonna go and get this fine but yeah once that comes into place it I think it probably changes your mindset mm. and same same with the booster
2: mm.
3: you know a lot of people would have been told yep yeah, that this is it this is it get these two done and you're done
0: and now we're yeah
3: mm.
0: asking for that next one how long do you think this your work will be centered around vaccines and boosters
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: a while to come yet if we've
3: uh only just had the 5 to 11s approved and yeah. now the 16 to 17 boosters and then and said eventually old at some boosters. point, boosters. yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be five
1: to eleven boosters. Yeah. I'd say we'll we'll be doing this till at least the end of the year, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um wow. well if you look at you know, at the minute particularly with five to eleven year olds, it's the choice is there to get vaccinated and people are waiting and seeing. So that program will continue for as long as parents continue to roll onto it and then there'll be children that turn five during this process as well yeah. so it, it yeah. never really ends and then you've got an yeah. eight week potentially gap between that and your second door so you've and I think you've we've got to be realistic that this is a journey that people are going on and we've got to allow that time for them to engage with it and engage properly and have the conversations that Pfizer's been talking about and you know, work with their community groups and their community leaders to understand what it means. So I think it, I think it's going to go for a while, not with necessarily with the same level Mm -hmm. (laughs) of intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges with the vaccine program for community, as well as those delivering the vaccine has been the very rapidly changing information alongside the rapidly changing information around COVID itself. Um, it's a lot to Mm -hmm. take in. Um, and you know adjusting services we we can do that and we've done it successfully but you've got to be able to support your community through that as well mm. and that's where the Harrah team have done such an amazing job in helping people navigate mm. all that information and as i said not just the vaccine information changing but the information around covid as well
2: mm. yeah um I think you know, if people are even hesitant, you know, we we can come, we can go to the clinic with them and make sure they, you know, they're okay. We've had people that are just um, when with the other than uh, with the normal adult vaccines, you know, we can walk them to the clinic if they're nervous. We've had adults that are nervous, like you know, yeah. like the little kids. Mm. Um, yeah, we just make sure they're okay. Mm. Yeah, because some people are afraid of needles. I've had a lot of adults saying, oh, my God, our needle's too big. Like, yeah, <laughs> now nah, you'll be oh. fine.
1: Yeah. yeah. We've had some great feedback, though, about our because t- as well as in doing the engagement work, Pfizer actually vaccinates as well mm. and has a bit of a knack for a pain-free vaccination (laughs) as does Charlotte and some of our other nurses where you barely even know it's happening yeah yeah
3: there is so much misinformation on social media that how can we expect the community to know what is accurate and what is false I mean, there are some uh, social media sites now. I think Instagram is one of them that if they see something that is clearly misinformation, they are tagging the post and saying this is not accurate. You know, this Mm -hmm. is not a Department of Health. This Mm -hmm. is not Australian government. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah, sadly not all of them are doing that. But, yeah, there's just so much information out there. And even with all the updates from ATAGI and the government things change so rapidly that again how can we expect the community to keep up you know Mm. six months ago this was the correct thing now it's changing how can we tell them that actually that's wrong the information that they have because at one point it was right it's it's really hard
0: Mm. yeah yeah it can be interpreted as it being a control method like changing information constantly or Mm. lying and an example of that is
3: that at one point, ATAGI had said, if you have had COVID, you cannot get vaccinated for six months. Mm. Mm. Oh. This is not a medical thing. Mm, this was yeah. because of supply. And unfortunately, oh. some people still think that still, that is the yeah. case, mm. even mm. Today, which is really yeah. sad. People mm. are delaying getting it for a significant period of time when they do not need to. Mm. Mm. But again you know, this was a, a government body that told them this. So why would they think otherwise if we then tell them that it is not correct? Mm. It's it's really hard for people to know what is right and what is not.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think the 24 hour news cycle as well doesn't help. As well as social media, mm. it's just that you know, yes. there's news is never ending and information is never ending as well. Mm. So yeah. there's there's always something there's always something new. We're always talking about it. There's always you know a a different perspective and to try and assimilate all that information while you're making your decision when it's a bit relentless is really hard it's really difficult particularly if you're already feeling hesitant or anxious makes it worse (laughs) whereas you know in the 1800s no you wouldn't you wouldn't have (laughs) had access to that information so readily and so frequently Mm. Mm. Um, I think generationally as well this is the first significant vaccine that's been available to everybody Mm. that we've we've had to get to understand there's been others that are aimed at particular target groups but this is you know in my mm. yeah in my 45 years this is the first one I can remember that you know actually covers all of us and it's about keeping our community safe Mm.
2: Especially when we, before we started, the kids don't know we, what we see in the community, especially the Africans, um, like social media, you know, the vaccine causes fertility. You know, you can't have kids. And that was a big thing for them, you know. We had people saying, oh, no, I don't want to, you know. And even when I say, I don't know, why are so young, you know. It's like, no, it's, that's not, not true, you know. So make sure if you have any questions, come talk to us. Talk to your doctor, any concerns you have, make sure, you know um just talk to a specialist that 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 can give you a good advice don't don't trust social media people can post anything you know mm. all all the anti-vax you know mm. yeah and lastly is there any um
0: any particular information that you would like the community to know
3: i mean we've not talked about the immunocompromised doses yeah and the fact that those who are immunocompromised need to have three doses to bring them up to a healthy mm. person's level, um, you know, and then the booster is now on top of that. So technically anyone who's immunocompromised should be having four doses. Um, you know, you can have that discussion with your GP if you're not sure if your class is immunocompromised because there is a set criteria of people who come under that.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: And is it the same amount of time that they need to wait for the fourth dose? Dose?
3: Um, from the third to the fourth, yes, three yeah. months.
1: I think Pfizer's point though around if you're onshore, ask ask Mm. somebody that you can trust yeah um you know speak to your gp in our community speak to one of our community engagement team um get the information from a trusted source Mm. um, to help inform your decision making they're here to help guide you through the process um and assist in any way we can but seek the information from a trusted source
2: Mm. Not Facebook. Not Facebook. <laughs> it's yeah. good for some things. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good yeah. for medical
1: information. Mm.
2: Yeah, just want to let the community know um, we're always here for them, you know, if they ever need. Um, we've got a couple of nurses in Harar, Imogen, um, Hannah and myself. Um, if you ever have a question, come in if I'm not sure. There's always also Charlotte. That's our clinical coordinator. Can always ask them if she's available. Um, yeah, then that's it for me.
0: Thanks to Charlotte, Pfizer and Sally, and our Vox Pop guests Esther, Francie, Laura, and Yith. Although it is likely that we'll see more COVID-19 variants and Omicron is just one of them. Boosters will be able to help us to gain immunity in the long term. And vaccines for children will assist us to keep schools open so that kids can have more face-to-face learning and playtime with their friends. That's some of the information that I gathered from the podcast today. I hope that you found lots of things, uh, information that was helpful to you. And as always, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to being with you next time. See you then.